so we were talking about this uh, just to complete that part of atheism and uh, you see when we deny god basically we deny conception of god we cannot deny that there is a ultimate reality behind this creation that is something very logically but what we deny are conceptions of god which is fine each conception helps mankind <coughs> and most of the time these conceptions are extensions of something within us so we have human let's say human love taken to its utmost is god of love but seen from the other angle human love is something of that love but changing its shape and size and color <laughs> and distorted in this consciousness it's just a reversal of you so this was another interesting thing with some of the freudian psychoanalysts i had so they say that you know all this love bhakti is sublimation of lust so i said fair enough that's one point of view but i can put the other view that all this lust is nothing but a degradation of bhakti and love <laughs> i said what do you have to say about it so it's a um, yeah. because normally you should go from the basis to the you know within outward that's how you know you you understand whereas norm uh, ordinarily we go from surface to the depths but spiritual uh, seeking tells us that let's find first the fundamental reality then explain the phenomena from on the basis of the consciousness and not the other way round so and that's why we and is very practical implications i'll give very very practical let's say two people are there have you noticed that sometimes you there is quarrel fight misunderstanding and uh, argument let us say then there are two approaches you can take one is that you know you form a judgment based on the words spoken and the exchange that has taken place and then every time this is spoken or this approach takes place so you start reinforcing that image it has great psychological implications what we are really doing is we are not dealing with real human beings but with images take for example you know, somebody says i am an atheist for example so we have an image that's not the that's not true that's not truth it's a image we have created whereas an atheist may be a wonderful human being with a beautiful seeking <laughs> and a believer may be one who is sucking blood of everybody <laughs> so these are images and then we reinforce these images now imagine if how will a spiritual man like to deal he will go past the image haven't it happened that you know you get angry and your partner or your friend or somebody doesn't understand you and you feel oh why doesn't he understand what i am feeling inside have you experienced this anguish because we are going from the surface to the depth if somebody is angry we think the person is either wanting to hurt me or bad or this actually it's not true what is behind anger same thing is seeking for life to be beautiful to be perfect seeking for to be probably hurt to be loved now if you stay quiet and don't form these images then you go past the image and identify with the state of consciousness that is inside what you will discover very often that behind this angry face there is a little child who is weeping it's 
So what will you do now? Based on this knowledge, you will not start arguing and this thing. What will you do next? Okay, it's okay. It's fine. I understand you are angry. What do you do to your child? That's what you do, no? Ultimately. Now you see how the whole thing changes. It's a practical implications. This, this method of knowing by identifying with the consciousness rather than going from surface to the depth. It, it is instinctive. No, we draw conclusions. There was a time we drew conclusions based on the color of skin. It's absurd. <laughs> now we know it. <laughs> so same way we draw conclusions based on different things. Like we have this idea, all Indians are very spiritual. May not be. They may be extremely materialist people. <laughs> this is what is called as a mental set. See, this is the root of racism. No, racism is what? It, it observes the surface and draws a judgment. But, well, <laughs> it may not be true at all. That, that is the... Most people don't even get into that. That the Descartian... Actually, he meant something else. Even he, he created a duality between being and becoming, if you want to put it philosophically. He said there are matters which belong to the realm of religion, don't touch it. And there are matters belonging to science. So from there, one of the things was, I think, therefore I am. So by the phenomena, we become aware. But that logic uh, leads to strange conclusions. I mean, if you really take it to its absurd limits, the stone doesn't exist. <laughs> so, <laughs> existence itself will be a question mark. So, I'm sure he must have understood at some point of time and people often say things, but what they are, basically he wanted them to be separate. Because if you see the context in which religion and science came at war, often people ask me why this didn't happen in India. I said because we always knew there is something greater than religion and this is spirituality. You may have any scripture, but the word of the master was regarded as higher than the word of the book. So you went beyond the framework of one book, two books, any number of books. Second, we believed that you don't have to believe, you, have, you can experience. That's how yoga made a difference. It's not just that you worship and believe, but you can become. In that becoming process, worship may be one of the roads people may take. Fair enough. But the goal is not believing but becoming. So, you know, it bridges the gap. But this saving grace was not there. So, religion had a set of beliefs and science had another set of, by the way, assumptions. For example, matter is the sole reality. Uh, there is no other domains of consciousness which now they are being challenged purely materially. There is a whole series on that. We talk about the string theory and the super string theory and the 11 dimensions being challenged because you can't explain the gravitational force. So that's a different uh, thing altogether. But you know, they are belief systems. So religion had a set of belief systems. <coughs> Science had its own assumption. Like when I say only through reason and senses I can know reality, it's an <coughs> assumption. There are a number of creatures who don't have that kind of thought process, cognitive process, rational process, but they know. And they know it so well. Um, I don't know whether you have seen or not this um, snake... Uh, leaping on or any of the animals you know praying and prayed upon they uh, their game doesn't go through a rational process they know it like an instinct even within us there is an instinctive knowledge now if instinctive knowledge how does it do it 
It's not by reason. It's another way of knowing. And yes, it's now inbuilt in our system. There are actual neural pathways to conduct this um, instinctive knowledge. Just as there are pathways in the brain for rational knowledge. How about supra-rational knowledge? That's what Yogi says. Yogi says there is a way of knowing other than this. It's not irrational, but it's another way of knowing it. And then you can, as I said, when two people live together, they come to know. Actually, if many decades you have known, sat together and somebody is angry, what do you say? I know, okay, you have not eaten food. Thoda khana khalo, bat jo. <laughs> you must be bought tired, your blood sugar may have gone up. <laughs> but in the beginning, what happens? You are a bad guy. <laughs> so, there is another way of knowing um, which is possible. and That's where intuition comes in. So, you have instinct, you have rational cognition and you have intuition. And of course, you have beyond intuition which is what is the supramental gnosis. I have a question. Like once we see the world towards the ideal way, everyone has realized oneness everyone every like everyone's stomach is full that sort of a state and everything is gone then what next so first of all we you know in 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 logical thing we should not mix two premises because oneness and feeling of stomach are two different uh, things altogether so let's say everybody has realized oneness now there again it's a presumption that everybody realizing oneness it's enough if a certain as the word now is used is tipping point a certain group of people realize oneness just as the presence of some human beings altered or tilted the balance of earth for good or worse i'm not saying that <laughs> mental beings and you know out of chimpanzee man came so chimpanzee is continued as a link so what is going to happen as has been prophesied not just once but one can even logically foresee it that there will be more and more intuitive beings more and more instinct with the sense of oneness this is already happening you see there are many human beings who are able to cut through the barriers of your external personality and feel the sense of a secret oneness. They may not use the word oneness. That's not the issue. Now more and more such beings will exercise an influence upon her till there is a tipping point and man is relegated to a link species and this, these beings begin to be the new masters of the earth. So it's not everybody. But now what that number is could be 10,000, 50,000, who knows. That's what is called as the tipping point. Now, their presence itself will generate a kind of force field for others to at least, if not oneness, at least to... You see many of these movements which have come up, peace movements and unity movements, suddenly why, what's, what's happening? Why is humanity striving for it? Yeah, many things. Because something is happening and because of which humanity is wanting to and it's taking weird forms. Transcultural marriages. Was it imaginable 50 years back? Transgender marriages. Finishing of religious places. It's happening. It's part of that oneness. Because you have shut God into formulas, caste and creed. 
they are all going so this oneness is already active and it's expressing itself in countless ways so once that happens at least earth will become a better place let's start with that what next now what next is this oneness will express itself in countless ways like when first human being came he was different from animal isn't it what did he know he just knew that you can probably accidentally discovered not initially that there is something called fire then something uh, something something happened and from within he started painting the caves isn't it because there was fire at night so he could light up the caves keep the animals away but now in night he is able to see a little bit so he picks up a piece of you know whatever dark this thing and he started making paintings on the cave much later you will have art and painting and music and poetry and literature and spacecrafts and all these activities so once oneness as a fundamental state of consciousness is realized then it will express itself in infinite ways not just one way first it will start coloring human activities so there'll be poetry which is expressive of oneness not ex- expressive of division you will have literature expressive of oneness you will have uh, science which will be expressive of oneness already that movement has started you will have dance forms expressive of oneness music which will break from traditional music boundaries today what we were hearing but it will begin to express oneness and after coloring the human activity it will start expressing in ways which we cannot even imagine this expression of oneness so it's like not even sky is the limit <laughs> cosmos and creation is the limit because oneness has that power in it inherent and that is going to keep everything going for millions of years so let's it where will it end if at all we can use the word ending it is a state of delight of multiplicity would we want delight to end if it was delight of oneness maybe because it'll be monotone but delight of multiplicity imagine now i'm meeting you on this ground one to one interaction imagine if i meet you on five different grounds and each of them gives delight i'm just giving an example a different kind of delight now imagine if i can just meet one person on 100 different levels in 100 ways and each is a delight three days we are meeting no on three different days but there is a different kind of now imagine if with since we are imagining no with but a logical imagination with different kinds of humanity with different kinds of animality and we are meeting in countless ways and each of them is expressive of a new ananda new integer of ananda if i may use the word it will be i mean is it expressible but inexpressible it's like uh, the closest um, uh, simile that will come is of musical orchestra so the minimum musical orchestra is what is called a jugalbandi then you have more and more numbers then uh, the the maximum i have seen maybe others may have seen something more is 300 persons at the same time it's amazing now multiplied with how many combinations there are possible in music just music when there are 100 people playing 
a piece of music, you can combine it in countless ways. Imagine tens of thousands. It's like every moment is something new and beautiful and it's not like labored or through stress you are doing it. It's a spontaneous expression of the delight of oneness into delight of multiplicity. That's what creation has been made for. That's the original impulsion. Otherwise, delight of oneness was already there. But delight of oneness multiplied infinite times through a delight of multiplicity. Whether after that one wants to maintain creation or not, it will be irrelevant. Four, four and five, nine, nine thirty. I am continuing with my India watch and I keep adding five and a half. <laughs> That's why I keep asking. <laughs> That's why I keep asking that, you know, what's the time? So sometimes it's easy to calculate. <laughs> like now it's easy, you know, it's four o'clock nearly. So means five and a half, nine and a half. <laughs> but if it is, let's say, 244, then I'm a bit lost. So I bring it to the nearest number and, you know. <laughs> so. Because you questioned is atom is leaving? Very good question. Yeah, that was So what is living? Can you define life? We'll come from that. Let's start with that. There are beings which um, breathing means what? Breathing means. It is breathe. What do we do with breathing? What does breathing do? Perform. It draws. Oxygen. Meaning thereby gives us energy. That's it. So breathing is a mechanism to draw energy into the system. Right? It's a device. Right? So you can have, if, if any system can draw energy, and as a result of that energy, it has possibilities to grow, change, evolve. Then you would call it living or non-living? Living. So there has to be energy? Some means of getting energy? Yeah. Is there energy in atom? Yeah. What is that energy doing? There is another definition of life. It's moving by itself. You know, that's one of the characteristics of living things. Self-impulsion, not that you have to push from outside. So is who pushes atom and electrons and protons? They are being pushed or they are moving by what, what impels them? Uh, there is a movement, yes. There is a, new, a play of forces. The forces are coming together and they are impelling the atom. Do electrons make choices? Okay, what do electrons, uh, what, do, what does um, an atom want? If I may, uh, I'll tell you um, a problem which used to boggle my mind for some time. When I read chemistry, then I was told that the outer orbit of an electron must contain 2 or 8. Right? It has in it. Uh, why? It, it wants stability. No, it instinctively seeks it. This used to be an enigma to me. Another enigma was if there is an electron here, there is another one on the moon. And if you observe them together, they get interconnected. If you have a spin in that direction, that is a spin in the opposite direction. If you 
assume its spin is in this way, the spin will be in the opposite way. And the most amazing thing was the slit lamp experiment. Since you're talking about atoms, you have read the slit lamp ex experiment. Okay, read it. Okay, when you go back, you read it. But the thing is that atoms behave in strange ways. Depending upon who is observing it, they behave either like particles, like gunshot, or they behave like waves. They behave. How do they behave? Isn't it? Strange, no? So if you take the full thing into consideration, all the things that we know about atom, you end up with a conclusion that not only they are living, there is in them some kind of a consciousness. All the things into consideration, all the facts about an atom. There is a consciousness inside, which goes beyond even just living. Then why are they not conscious? Because this consciousness is withheld within. Supposing I don't speak, okay? For five hours I don't speak and you have come, watched me for five hours and gone back. So what will be the conclusion you will draw? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But what was happening? I had withheld speech within me. When you see me asleep, making no move, of course I may move my hands. You'll say, Uncle is mad. What kind of eyes, movement, gestures he's making? Incoherent fellow, isn't it? He's not conscious unless you make an effort to wake me up. Okay? So similarly, when you observe a phenomena, even at an atom level, if you see the totality of things, you will end up with the conclusion that the consciousness within atom, the life within atom is there, but it is as if held inside. It is trying to express itself. All the while, through this movement, circling, the need for stability, the tremendous energy it draws from some reservoir. A lot of theories about it. Okay? And you will end up concluding that if you don't talk about instruments, that living has nothing to do with lungs, okay? And living has little to do with breathing. It's an open energy system which draws energy inside and changes this energy into forms of substance. That's what is a living system. And then it begins to grow and replicate. That's the process. It can self-replicate itself. Now, this is how. But the fundamental thing about Life is, it's a open energy system. It can expand. Now we come to the breath part of it. Now, tell me, universe is expanding or universe is static? Yeah, yeah you say anything, doesn't matter. You may have read it or may not have read it. It's kind of complicated because you don't know the full universe. Yes, but... So it could be expanding or it could be just still. It has to be expanding or contracting because there are forces that have gone into play. Now, generally, scientists say that it is expanding. Let me, you know, talk about it that way. When it begins to contract, eventually it will collapse into just one point and vanish, okay? It's expanding. All right. Now, how do you measure space? Distance between two objects? Right? Now, what is beyond the last expanse of the universe into what it is expanding? Interesting, no? This puzzle? Where is the far end of space? I am just 
throwing some questions so that you can ponder over them, not to give you a sleepless night. <laughs> okay, into what is the universe expanding? It is expanding. Can we say that universe is breathing? This is one big breath which has not yet ended. And what is happening through this uh, big breath and expansion of the universe? What is happening to the energy? Is it a closed system or it's a open system? You know the difference between a closed energy system and an open energy system? Okay, you read all this. Now I'm giving you a little homework. Okay. I'll explain to you in very simple language, but you first read a little bit. Make some effort. Okay. So universe itself shows many qualities as if it is living and conscious i'll give you another example of a mountain you know mountain slides take place okay now what happens when you uh, when a hand is cut what happens all the skin and everything comes around and eventually fills up the gap okay so people have studied these uh, um, landslide phenomena. They find it very interesting that when you start fooling around with the mountain and start, you know, um, all these making roads and trying to trespass, then these landslides increase manifold. And you know the reason? It's like as if the mountain is trying to fill in the wound. And of course, in the process, it sheds off the skin after filling the wound, you must have seen no? how people wounds heal and it heals itself. It becomes whole. So there is a whole way of looking at the universe as a living universe. And obviously if the universe itself is living, then all the particles within it are living. If I am living, let's put it like that. Okay, I am living. Sure. Are my cells living? Let me start the argument the other way. Sure. All the cells, all the organs, what about the components of the cell? What about nitrogen and oxygen? Isn't it a paradox? That is what is giving me life and it is still not living. Strange, no? So what happens is, within oxygen, there is a Possibility of life. That is how there is a by the way the basis of pranayam. So within that what you are breathing, there is life like a packet of energy closed within it. When you take it, there are processes in the body that release that energy. And then of course the oxygen does its work of whatever binds with iron and hemoglobin is formed and it's absorbed. That it's a packet of energy. Now, if this process stops. Supposing this, this is a process created by nature to draw energy from the environment, from through the breath. Because energy is contained within it, life energy. Let's put it like that, life energy. And all that is needed is some instrument which converts this life energy which is there into actual living system. That's what is happening. Okay? Like you convert sea water into drinking water. They do it in Australia, no? Why don't they directly drink seawater? So what will happen if you drink only seawater? Let it contain salt. Um, you will get sick. sick. Eventually it, it won't work out. Okay. So what you do is, 
you convert it into drinkable water now what you have done there is a device and a process the possibility of drinkable water which can give you life is there within sea water which otherwise will give death okay so you have a device so similarly in every element of creation there is inherent the force of life and the force of consciousness and nature is evolved devices through which this conversion takes place okay now there are organisms which do not draw oxygen and yet they are living isn't it plants there are others which have anaerobic respiration meaning thereby it's not oxygen which is the sacred part but there is living energy life force in material things and there is something within nature which has created physical devices by which you can extract it and then it changes into living system okay and can man practice it and you know normally we have a device through breath and all this we is it possible for the breath to stop and to continue living now i am taking this question to an extreme limit have there been certain instances where people were buried inside and there was no possibility of surviving but they survived read those stories unusual survival stories huh yeah, yeah there are there are stories like that real stories not like you know those real stories because in crisis sometimes nature can find alternate routes so what do people do through pranayam they learn to draw energy in ways and means sometimes even bypassing the normal routes that is ultimately in pranayam one can you know arrive at kumbhak where you could stop the breath and you draw energy it's possible of course it's not something like uh, anybody can do it but there is a process there is a logic behind that process it's a science of breath all right so what we call as living is simply those organisms where nature has created means to draw life which was hidden inside atom to make it more manifest and more expressive that's the only thing that is happening so life is there inside atoms but it is not expressing it is suggestive it's not indicative but if there was no life in atom there would be no living beings see the suddenly where will life come from so there is life within atom by certain combination of atoms a device is created just like you can desalinate sea water and turn it into drinkable water it converts the living things which are present living power or energy into actual living substance living cell all right so this is the process how it operates it's it's good to know this because then you can do many things when you deal with atom when you deal with what is the first logical conclusion of this practical so when you find a stone on the road normally what do we do it's a non living kick it any which way okay there is another way to deal with this stone tell me if stone is inherently living and inherently in its unconsciousness there is consciousness so what can you do with this stone you can sometimes people charge it they do all kinds of things sometimes they pray to the stone strange no it's a stone somebody will say it's a stone 
Have you been to? Yes, because it's there inside, no? So that is what is called as prana pratishtha in the whole Indian thought when you have a image. So an image is an image until you do the prana pratishtha. So in, in the traditional, uh, like for example, Durga Puja. So you have made an image. But the day the Durga is to be installed, they will put Durga and a priest will invoke the power of Durga in this stone image, which then becomes a device. But it cannot be held there forever unless there is a person endowed with such faith and uh, sincerity that he can just... That's how you have the concept of Jagrat temples, which are awake. But it's a stone image. If you see very one way, it's a stone. Well-carved stone maybe. Like in Kedarnath, you don't have an, even an image of Shiva. Not even a Shivalingam, it's just a slab of stone. I think you had that experience. It's a slab of stone. But basically, it becomes a means for that consciousness which is inherent within it to emerge. That is the secret. That is the reason why, you know, uh, all this started. But now, of course, we have forgotten the meaning and all. Nobody raises such good questions like you. That is a problem. So, <laughs> okay, stones have life. That's why you should treat them with respect and care, not just human beings. Which means when I pick up a stone, what it means to treat it with respect and care? Especially on others. <laughs> Stone will feel very bad about it. <laughs> says, this fellow is misusing me. <laughs> right? The best use of the stone is to turn it into the image of God. The worst use of the stone is to pick it up and break somebody's head with it. Okay? So, but it is there inside. This possibility is there. And certainly we should not just kick it out here, there, anywhere. Because it has within it inherent. It, it may not feel and experience. Like sometime back people believed that plants are not uh, having uh, feelings. Mm -hmm. But uh, 100 years back someone discovered they have feelings. They relate with you. They connect with you. You can talk to them. I have so many examples with my own plants. I have actually done it with matter. With my scooter. With many things I do like this. You try to connect. Now, it's difficult because the device is not there and they are not uh, consciously inherent, involved in it. But it's not awake. But if you do it with persistence, there is a way you can start communicating with matter. Uh, we, we had an ambassador car long before this. My father was in government jobs. So that's what we knew. Um, so he has given many instances where the car has carried them fine when it was like night or when it was, if it broke down then it would have been major issues. But as soon as that thing had passed, it broke down after that. So there were many times... Instances, yeah. Them, and it had, the number was 212. <laughs> <laughs> many such instances. One of the common instances is that you go to places, houses... And, you know, when somebody lived in a house and later on it's put on sale, you go to people's houses or you go to their room, you feel the consciousness energy which is there inside. 
because stones have absorbed it that is the reason why people used to use marble for certain kinds of you know because marble is one stone which can deeply absorb many of these energies so it's a whole study you feel it in houses and rooms it's very common i was thinking about this uh, um, study that they did in, in some school uh, they had two plants in a lobby and uh, the school children were talking where to praise the one and oh yes oh yes oh yes yeah yeah there was a study on even actually on crystallographic images G- glad you reminded me actually on water on water which is again nothing but atoms molecules on water there was this study of um, crystallographic images were taken uh, one set of water where you know you gave images like i love you you are so nice and it's another set of water where you horrible and you know all that and a third set of water where they just chanted mantras and actually the, you can google search and find it it's very interesting so in one set of water the image which was you know told a lot of negative things were thrown the image was of a heart broken into three pieces the second one of a fully formed heart and the third one where it was radiant these are crystallographic images actual taken with in you know real time camera and they are all available this was a japanese study water response so so it is there in it it is just a question of knowing how to extract it you can extract actually anything out of anything this is one of the consequences of oneness because all the energy of creation is inherent even within an atom you can draw it you know it's amazing it's a mind boggling implications in the field of science of discovering this oneness that's why the ancient art of science of alchemy which was not pursued further <laughs> the interconvertibility of one form of matter into another because ultimately it's an atomic rearrangement you can discover the way only thing is we have to discover the process there is a process for everything you have to find the process hmm so good night time yeah for me also i think we should yeah there is no end to this it's quarter to 10 yes okay so let's call it a day or a night thank you <laughs> good night good night good night thank you